All right, are we ready to do this? No, but we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> All righty then. Yeah. You know, I completely forgot to put this on the list last week. Um, so since we talked last, it was Easter, the Easter holiday. And, uh, and, and I had commented to you guys uh, offline that I had seen signs around the area about this helicopter egg drop. <laughs> and, and and I thought it, it was kind of hopped right past us. Yeah, it? and it would have been it would have been just perfect for us to talk about before Easter, but we didn't get around to it. Um, we did a little research afterwards, and it turns out I just don't even get this. I don't. I, so I don't know. Here's some background. They hold this ultralight fly-in every year um, up here in uh, near Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And one of the things they do is they do a candy drop where that where you, some airplane, oftentimes a cub, will do a low pass over the runway. And as it's kind of going over show center, it will sprinkle candy out of the out of the airplane onto the run onto the grass runway. And then after the airplane passes by, all the kids will race out onto the runway and try and try and collect the candy. And it's a big deal. And everybody seems to love it. Um, and mm, there's some, there's some really great imagery when you use the word sprinkle in there. Yeah. Okay. So, well, apparently they do the same kind of thing with a helicopter. All right. And and if you go to their website, uh, which is what's the website? I, I sent you guys the website since yeah. last. What was it? Like it's like 2012. It was some, it was some church. 2000. Well, the the local and they may all be sponsored by a church. The the one the one that's being held here in in uh, uh, New Hampshire, Newmarket, I believe, or was held, was sponsored by a church. Um, but uh, I came across this story from not this past weekend, but a year ago, Easter, where they did the egg drop in Rochester, New Hampshire, and the and the uh, the headline's great. It says helicopter egg drop draws. 12,000 creates chaos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the humanity. Yeah, oh, the humanity. Of course, Jeb always chimes in. Jeb sent us, a, sent us links after we were talking about this offline, sent us links to the, uh, the classic uh, KRP in Cincinnati, uh, you know, turkey drop thing. You know, I, I, as God is my witness, I swear, I thought turkeys could fly. And turkeys, of course, can fly. That's a whole well, other and, and if you Google uh, egg drops and Easter... Uh, you'll find all over the country that these things are going on. Usually they don't have the impact of this one uh, in Rochester. Uh, but uh, I imagine people could get pretty excited about that. It takes very little to egg people on, you know. Yeah, right. The, the second graph of the story says complaints included instances of children being trampled, trampled. and others walking away. Trampled, and others walking away empty-handed amid massive rushes for egg. I know. <laughs> so, police filed gotta, a report cataloging yeah. cases of shoving and other incidents. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. But have we determined what exactly it was that they were dropping? Because surely it well, was not it, eggs it of any sort. Sixty thousand eggs. Yeah, 60,000 plastic eggs. Pla plastic eggs, It right. doesn't say. It says some eggs contain candy, while others contain va vouchers for prizes, such as flat-screen televisions, Nintendo Wii game systems, and even cash. Or, or ladies' stockings. No, who's, no, that's another kind of egg. sponsoring this? Do they still, they still, ladies, still sell ladies' uh, stockings and eggs? It's not something I shop for very often, yeah, okay. Jack. I couldn't tell you. 
It's outside my frame of reference. Okay, yeah. sorry. Sorry I brought it up. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> egg drop we, creates you chaos. might ask Joe Namath that question. So I wonder if there's any news stories about the one that happened just recently. Let's see. Egg drop Rochester 2012. What does that bring up and, here? And, and, and one of the links will be directions to a, a, a restaurant in town that has particularly good egg drop soup. <laughs> okay. See, it doesn't get any better than that. Welcome, folks, to episode 282 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Clear. background noise throughout the day but it's just airplanes so it's not it's, it's not really noise. good background noise That's yeah right. this That's is right. this is the best seat in the house we got sky riders now we got sky riders, we got sky riders now. now does that say you can't i can't it's got a runway in the front yard <laughs> <laughs> and you're in sight clear right check national ground good afternoon sir taxi via foxtrot and alpha recording this episode on uh, thursday april 12th 2012 and uh, joining me here in the virtual hangar, my two good friends. First of all, Jeb Burnside's out there talking to us uh, from somewhere near Sarasota, Florida. You are you're back home, right? I, I am back home. That's Thank right. You, you were in much. you were in uh, you were in the uh, the belly of the beast when we talked to you I the was, last time. I was um, within the danger zone. Within the danger zone. That's right. <laughs> it springs. Yeah. What's that song that the the uh, the uh, Top Gun song. There. They're going to make a new Top Gun movie. Did you see this? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that, that'd yeah. be kind of cool. I think it could well, be cool. I have no it's idea. All gonna, it's going to be all CGI. Oh, that uh, sucks. No, that's no good. If that's true. That's bad. You mean like the it won't it, be the real? It, that was what made the other one great. Was the was it? Well, real I mean, they flying? used real air they, for most of the stuff anyway. They used real airplanes. Right. Because uh, Clay Lacey all, Aviation yeah. shot most of the aerial footage. Yeah. 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 So that would be cool. So is is, is the title going to be? Top Gun 2, The Walker Years. <laughs> Apparently, Tom Cruise is going to appear in it here. Top Gun C. He'll be like, well, yeah. Let's see what this has to say. He'll be like, uh, you know, the commander, base commander or something. I don't know. Yeah. He'll be the guy who spills coffee all over his chest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Tom Cruise confirms return in Top Gun sequel. This is the New York Daily News from back in December. I'll get to you in a second, David. Hang on. I'm coming. Uh, Tom Cruise is once again <laughs> feeling the need, the need for speed. 25 years after the release of one of his most popular films, he's planning a return to the fighter jet cockpit for a sequel. The film could, uh, would re reunite Cruise with original director Tony Scott and producer. Uh, anyways, it's just two paragraphs here. Anyways, uh, also out there, uh, joining me in the virtual hangar, another of my good friends, Dave Higdon, from somewhere near Wichita, Kansas. How you doing, David? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm going to be feel, auditioning F-14s. For I, the, I know. Do you feel the need for, the need for speed? Yeah. <laughs> I just feel the need for airtime. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, the plane in front of you, right? Yeah. That's right. As as the bride would put it, an OPA or something better. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And before I forget, I'm Jack Hodgson, and uh, I'm coming to you once again from the UCAP Temporary HQ on the evergreen slopes of Garrison Hill in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, just so, now, before we go any farther. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly where you're headed, but go ahead. What? What? What, <clears throat> what beverage of choice is in front of you tonight? Oh, tonight? Tonight, and I blame this on Jeb, Jeb Burnside. Tonight, I'm drinking um, a diet cream soda. 
Oh, not what you expected to hear, is it? Ah. Well, it's a step up from water. No, which is what, what you talking which about? Which is what I'm drinking. Water is very, very helpful and good for you. It is, particularly if it's in beer. <laughs> <laughs> if it's yeah, that's right. If it's enhancing uh, a, uh, you, know, you wouldn't use it on a scotch, but you know, like a uh, a. Well, there, I have friends who like their scotch with a splash of water. They say it gives it a flavor bloom. I say so does a microwave for seven seconds, uh, but that's just me. Uh, brandy snifter microwave seven seconds it's perfect uh, wait a minute you really you heat your your scotch yeah yeah no like kidding. brandy oh. it makes the, it make gives it it makes the, the the aroma bloom and you put it in a brandy snifter where your nose tucks inside and when you take a sip and you inhale and it's all legal Higdon, you are just one of the most unlikely people I've ever come across in my life. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, so Tom Cruise is going to be in a, in a uh, sequel to uh, Top Gun. Uh, let's see now. I'm curious whether it tells us anything about when this is supposed to be happening here. Uh, from they should put him in an F-35. A February story in The Hollywood Reporter says that uh, somebody named Peter Craig is going to write the, uh, the, the uh, sequel. Uh, is he going to be a squadron commander, a group commander? Is he going to be the air boss? Uh, is he going to be the opposition? Is he going to be the enemy? Is he? Going we to know that boss? he's probably not going to get past captain, not with what he's been through. No, no, no. He's going to he'll he'll have turned into a straight arrow hard ass, just like the guy who was the the head of Top Gun um, in the first movie. But then he'll have Michael some- Ironsides. Is that who it was? Yeah. No. It well, was, Michael uh, Ironside flew opposition, but Tom right. must. No, no. Mark my words. Tom, Tom Cruise, Maverick will now be the commander of Top Gun. He'll be right? Tom Skerritt, and he will I, now. I think you're he, probably right. He will have to deal with some hot dog kid who came Give up. Give him that pep talk and said, "Kid, you just got to strap that ejection seat right. back to but your ass." Right. But then there'll be some time. sort of meeting of the minds. Sort of, you know, they'll kind of, you know, Tom Tom Cruise will have a moment of of his old craziness, and the other. Kid, the kid'll straight, you know, will do something that gets straight. I don't know. It'll, it'll be, you know. But, but mark my words, Tom Cruise will be the commander of Top Gun. That's got to be the way it goes. Yeah, we just need to answer the question yeah. of the love. He'll, the be, love command, he'll yeah. be, he'll be commander of Top Gun at the beginning of the movie. At some point, very soon after the beginning of the movie, he will lose his position as head of top gun. Ooh, okay. And the movie will be about him getting it back with the help of some young whippersnapper who who reminds him of himself at that age. I like it. I like it. We should copyright so that story. The, who will be the love interest? I for 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 for, for Cruz or that'll be the yeah, triangle. Yeah. It'll be a triangle between Top Tom Cruz and the young hot dog kid, all right, who will be competing for the same, you know, it'll be for like, you yeah, know, I was thinking the young hot dog kid would be the love interest, but then that's just me. Oh, no, 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 no. I like that. <laughs> no, I like no. that. A woman no, no, hot no, no, dog no. pilot. No, it, yeah. It'll be a mother-daughter thing. No, no. See, <laughs> getting kinky now. Getting kinky now. <laughs> All right. Um, David, you called our attention to this story called Encouraging Aviating. Uh, AOPA's got some sort of program. What's it all about? Uh, it's all about getting out and flying your airplane someplace and keeping track of it and turning it in in what the uh, AOPA calls the Keep 'em Keep 'em Flying Challenge which is uh, actually I'm, I'm trying to remember first I heard of it was Virginia 
started doing something like this a few years ago. You, you get this little passport booklet, and you visit as many airports as you can. You get it stamped at the airports. At the end of the season, you turn it in. Whoever hit the most airports, their names go into a hat. Uh, they pull a number out or something like that, and you get you know, maybe 10 gallons of Avgas or something. Uh, the point is to get out and fly right? And but to encourage people to do it. Isn't keep them flying the Warbirds motto of uh, of uh, EAA's Warbird uh, division? Uh, you, you had to notice that, didn't you? Yeah. You know, I mean, come <laughs> on. We got a little good little well, scandal I, brewing here, right? There's, there's, I'm not sure who all uses keep them flying uh, in that context, but I saw. Uh, this, oh, how about the CAF? I, you know, I thought it was the EAA's Warbird Division, and and I was about to say, you know, and they were giving out buttons at Sun and Fun, but I'm suddenly it's suddenly occurring to me that these were AOPA buttons I was seeing at Sun and Fun, not yeah, that's right, not Warbird buttons, right? Okay. Um, so, and and the AOPA Keep Them Flying Challenge is in quotes, so that's the title. And you know, uh, creative people are allowed to do that kind of. Uh, creative work <laughs> don't don't say it don't say that to the uh, recording industry or the movie industry but uh oh they do it they're, they're among the worst but you know that's another story yeah uh but georgia i believe has done it i know virginia has done it uh, we've had a couple of little private outfits here encourage their members to do it in kansas but they were a little you know they weren't uh national efforts like this and weren't statewide open to everybody like Virginia and Georgia. So uh, it's uh, I, any for me any excuse to go fly is is a, is, is a justifiable excuse. I uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, just for the record, the the actual logo, the patch that Warbirds of America, EA's Warbirds of America, uh, displays on their homepage, and I've seen it on people's shoulders, contains the slogan "Keep them flying." So. Uh, Yep, there it is. There it is. Anyways, but well, this is naming the aside a good keep program. Them flying challenge. It's a, it's maybe a, it would have been better if they just said "keep you flying" challenge. But yeah, well, whoever M is should be flattered that that many people are using its name. We can't fix that too. We're busy writing a movie today, so uh, <laughs> they're on their own for their slogan. One thin at a time, Lucy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jeb, what have they done to this motorcycle? Have they done something weird to a motorcycle? Uh, they being a gentleman by the name of Greg Inkman, uh, quote, a noted uh, aviation enthusiast and artist based in Topeka, Kansas. And uh, as we speak um, on eBay and running for another 17 days, uh, is an auction for a 1974 Honda CB450 Stearman. Uh, this gentleman has, <laughs> has taken said motorcycle. Um, it's, it's mostly stock. It doesn't have stock pipes uh, that I can tell. Um, no, those are not, I don't think those are stock pipes. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, anyway, uh, and, and made it, painted it and decorated it to look like a PT-17, PT-19, a PT-17 Stearman uh, from World War II with uh, the, the Army Air Corps blue and yellow paint. Um, there are biplane wings uh, extending from both sides of this motorcycle, from the gas tank down to just above the pedals. 
there is a tail <laughs> mounted to the rear fender uh, that is authentic in, in shape and, and uh, paint and everything else. And uh, this is uh, for sale on eBay. Uh, price might you know pull you up short. It's uh, right now buy it now price of ten thousand um, dollars. Feel free to make an offer. I would call um, that a good luck getting that price, but I, I would that, <sighs> I wouldn't pay ten thousand dollars for that bike. Let's put it that way. Um, no, uh, I would probably pay more for the bike as a bike. Right, but. Without Not more than ten thousand, but more yeah. than I would pay for the final sculpture. Yeah, looking at the uh, looking at the big pictures, he's even got guy wires, and then the craftsmanship's not bad either. Uh, you know, I I I, oh, I just looked at the picture, Jets and everything. And, yeah, yeah. I just looked at the picture, Jeb, and your description of it does not do it justice. It's truly hideous. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to be what even-handed. No, it's awful. God, that's awful. Why would anybody do that? And those wings are dangerous, man. You're gonna hurt somebody. Well, it's it's. I don't think it's you know really meant to be a rider. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, all right. It's a, it's a show bike. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, and if it is, wow. I, I like I like one thing here. He's put some specifications down for the motorcycle in the in the, in the text of his ad. The specifications: V1 60 knots, V2 60 <laughs> knots. Wheelie speed depends on height of speed bump. Maneuvering speed, 60 knots. Stall speed, 60 knots. Cruising speed, 60 knots. Best rate of climb depends on uphill slope. V&E depends on downhill slope. <laughs> um, so, I mean, clearly the guy's got a sense of humor. All right. Well, that part's um, good, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but has it, uh, okay. let's see now. How long has it been? When did they create the auction? Oh, not too long ago. Can't tell. I didn't look. Seventeen uh, days left on the auction. So, how long are auctions typically? Right. Well, it depends. Probably thirty days for this one. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, here's uh, the here's the here's the quote that I think wraps up why it may not sell during this auction period. Quote: If the motorcycle does not sell with this e with this buy it now listing, it will be relisted May one. As a no reserve auction, time to end during the May 8th meeting of the NCBAA, immediately following the scheduled scholarship presentation. Oh, so, oh, see, now they have to Northern go and make Cali- it. A, I Northern California Business Aviation Association. But, they, they had to go and make it a fundraiser for, for a good cause. Uh, now I can't be so negative. It says 100% of the proceeds from this auction will be donated by the seller to the scholarship fund of the Northern California Business Aviation Association. And there's a reference to the, uh, the organization's website. Scholarship funds are awarded to deserving students who desire to pursue a career in aviation. 100% of the proceeds from sale of this bike goes to that scholarship fund. That's not a bad thing, according to this ad, of course. Yeah. So, it's still a bid on it? it, it it's not a rideable motorcycle, and yeah, it's pretty fugly. Yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, All right. Did you guys see the... uh, Definitely a one-off. A couple of listeners called my attention to this uh, flying car thing that's gotten a bit of press over the last week or so that's uh, a little bit more like a flying trike. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen this? Am I going to have to dig and find the link for you, aren't I? Yeah, because I don't see it in the list. No, no, it's not in the list. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Man, no, I'm no, sorry. this is off the list. Off the list. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I know. I saw, I saw something, <laughs> but it was, it was, I saw something about Terrafugia somewhere recently, 
Yeah, um, no, they were in the there news. Was something, there was something else. Right. Uh, no, I don't know that the, the Terrafigi or, or whatever it was made its first flight or whatever right. it was. Yeah. But um, is that how you pronounce it? I always thought it was Terrafugia. Terrafugia, Fugia. Fugia is fine. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it depends on whether it's driving or flying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, for- don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. No, after no, this the pause. listeners aren't even going to realize. Don't even worry about that part here. Let's <laughs> see here. Uh, somebody sent me a Twitter about this. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, here it is, right? Oh, it's a YouTube video, though, so I don't want to send it to you. Uh, the PAL V flying car. PAL V flying car. Yeah, let me see if I can find a, a static link here. That rings a bell from somewhere. Yeah, it, it, it does ring a bell. I don't. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Go to pal p a l dash v dot com. Pal hyphen v. Oh, and yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, and that of course takes me to to their homepage, which has a YouTube video embedded in it. So, um, so much for solving that. Although you can get rid of the YouTube video. That's right. Get rid of the YouTube. Dismiss the uh, YouTube video window. So there you go. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) It even looks weirder in this picture than uh, than I remember it. Um, but it's uh, it's uh, this trike. It's this three-wheeled, single-person uh, road vehicle. Oh, I did see something about that. That has a right. pusher prop um, and uh, and a rotor. I don't know if it's a powered rotor or if it's an auto gyro. Let's see here if it says. I believe uh, it's an auto gyro that may have an acceleration system. Probably it looks like it's got a looks like it's got a starter motor up near the top, and that's right. very often what they right. use. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I have my normal concerns about 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 flying cars that they're they're not very good cars or airplanes but uh um, this one actually looks cooler as a as a vehicle i wouldn't mind having the vehicle part of this if you watch the video it yeah. uh, it it kind of leans into turns all right it right. you know uh it's the suspension automatically leans as you turn left and right and that was kind of cool and the way well the, you know there's that there's that uh bombardier product can-am product i think it's it's right. a sp- Right. Spider, I believe. It's a three-wheeled yeah. vehicle, but the two wheels are in the front, and it it leans significantly for cornering purposes. It, I don't. I don't. Rem- oh, oh, right. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's. Uh, but that's a ground electronic. vehicle only, right? That's not a, a ground vehicle only. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it's an electronic thing or if it's rider controlled or, or whatever or how it leans, but or um, what the mechanism is. But it does that, and it's you know a fairly cool vehicle onto its own. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't fly except. Yeah, the other thing that was know, cool once. from this about this Pal V, if you watch the video, is the way it deploys the uh, the uh, the empennage and the rotor is kind of cool because it kind of all you know kind of angles forward and it kind of just just nestles in uh, uh, close to the fuselage and you kind of get out and stand behind it and grab the the tail assembly and kind of tug on it and it kind of expands and i thought that was kind of cool but yes the profile looks really cool yeah i just you know i don't i don't know i don't know i don't get it i'm obviously not a customer that's the pal v so does it say anywhere what kind of engine it has in it or who made the engine and and it's got some specifications but they're all like um well, range seven hundred road performance range is seven hundred fifty miles. Flight performance range uh, three hundred fifteen miles, depending on type. I don't know what that means. Uh, landing roll one hundred feet. Takeoff roll five hundred forty feet. Minimum speed for level flight twenty seven knots. 
max speed V&E, 97 knots. Um, doesn't say what cruise speed is. Max speed and road performance is 112 miles an hour. Uh, so it's got a 230 horsepower power plant of some kind. Oh, say how, what how, how much? 230 horsepower. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. For uh, going only per- 112 miles well, an that's, hour. Well, that's, I don't know, 230 for that light of vehicle, that's a pretty good uh, um, bit of power. It weighs max gross is 910 kilograms times 2.2. You're looking at roughly two grand, 2,000 pounds. Yeah, this isn't going to qualify in light sport. No. No. Yeah. Okay. Well, that changes my view of it, but that's still a lot of horsepower. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you figure cruise at 75% power, uh, and 75% power is V&E minus, say, 15% uh, for normal no. cruise. Well, no, you think? I think 70, 70 miles an hour, 70 knots, I'm sorry, 70 knots would be a good cruising speed for this. Okay, okay. Boy, that's a lot of horsepower to use just to get 70 knots. It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. So... Two hundred thirty horsepower is what they put in Skylines. Yeah, and it carries as many four pe- as four people instead of just oh, Skyline one. Skyline will carry four people over a much greater distance. Four people and their stuff over a much greater distance. Fill the tanks, and you can still carry a good bit. So yeah. that, that's that's impressive. That part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Gizmodo says, Gizmodo speculates that the Top Gun 2 movie, uh, the plot will involve Tom Cruise <laughs> as an F-35 pilot. The, 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 the conflict. Ah, I hit being, it right. The conflict being that the F-35 isn't, is grounded. All right. Uh, let's see now. They say, uh, they say, uh, uh, the, the bizarre news centered around a movie that doesn't even have an IMDb page and a broken airplane. It's taking a little bit to process here, they write. They say, the first question, what will Tom Cruise do? Stand on a runway staring at his grounded F-35? Will the F-35 be a metaphor for some kind of personal growth? Is the Tom Cruise Lockheed uh, is talking about the same Tom Cruise? Will he fix all of the plane's electrical problems to get the girl? So that's uh, that's Gizmodo. Uh, let's see now. Um, d- uh, speaking of broken airplanes, broken airplanes, David, you uh, put on the list a couple uh, uh, weeks ago about this declaring an emergency thing. Um, this comes out of that uh, that weird incident where the yeah. Uh, yeah. where the controller uh, uh, sort of ignored or, or, or was reluctant to to acknowledge an aircraft well, declaring an emergency. Initially ignored the guy because yeah. he thought it was a he thought it was a prank. Right, and I I don't know, Jeb, you've been doing this a while. Yeah. How often do you hear prank emergency calls from uh, reported by ATC? I mean, is that something you've ever heard of? I've, I've never heard of a prank emergency call. I've, uh, never heard, I've, I've heard, never heard anything prank on the frequency to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, which makes me wonder. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot made the controller think this one was, but airline captain's reporting smoke and needs to land, and that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, it's a big deal. And it made me wonder how close close any of us have come to declaring an emergency and 
I get the feeling pilots are really hesitant to declare emergencies sometimes to their. Yeah, I'd like to hear about that. But Jeb, were you trying to jump in there with something? Yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Um, well, reading reading the story, and that's just, this is the only you know resource I have right now. Um, the uh, airplane was pretty much on the ground um, when the crew started start, started talking about smoke in the cabin or smoke in the cockpit. Um, yeah, this is the plane had already landed and was evacuating on the runway. It was only then that fire trucks responded. Uh, controllers apparently realized the mistake when the pilot made another emergency call, saying the plane had already landed and was evacuating on the runway. Um, not so much in the controller's defense, but to tell the whole tale here, what I heard or read here was the um, first officer, or somebody in, this, in the um, uh, event, in the incident airplane, um, said on the frequency, emergency smoke in the cockpit, roll the trucks, please. Never put a flight number on it Correct. until till the controller asked, who was that? And the voice responded, 59, 59, 59 or 12, the, the flight number. They didn't respond with you know, the carrier, the call sign, or anything like that. Um, so with not much information to go on, I'm not sure that I really would fault the controller for not immediately pushing the red button without knowing where the red button people should be going. Um, the, the, whoever was in the crew and on the incident airplane and, and was, was calling an emergency, they could have used a few more words and, and been a bit more forceful in doing so. I guess. But on the other hand, you know, if it's a genuine real emergency you know you got your hands full and you know you you need to be able to talk in short sentences to it takes it takes three two two three seconds and it might be beneficial mm-hmm. A- after you declare the emergency and after you're sure that the emergency has been declared especially you know on the on a runway at a fairly busy terminal then turn the radio off mm-hmm. this was uh yeah this was at denver international airport mm-hmm. um so turn the radio off and go do your job but it, let let ATC let CFR handle the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. David, now where was this taking you? Where was all this taking you? Well, I've talked to guys and I've been in situations myself where it was right on the cusp of an a, an emergency declaration and decided not to under my circumstance. But I've talked to other guys who you know said they eh, probably should have gone ahead might have helped a little bit, and I've seen instances in accident reports over the years where somebody either didn't or finally decided to too late to get the help that they could have gotten if they declared earlier. And it made me wonder what the thought process is you go through when, you, when you're faced with that, because declaring an emergency is, 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 is a big deal on a lot of levels, and it's not something that will get you in trouble. Unless, you know, I mean, it's really frivolous, like declaring an emergency because the batteries in your portable GPS went dead. Right. You yeah, know, that, that would be. Yeah. 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 So it made me wonder about the thought process, uh, because in my case, I questioned later whether not declaring an emergency would have been appropriate. And when I realized that what they could have done for me wasn't any different than me just telling them, no, I'm not declaring an emergency, but I have lost my electrical system. I'm, I'm, I'm on the battery. 
and they did everything they could to get me to the initial approach fix and on the ground, you know, t- took me around other airplanes and all that. They couldn't have done anything more than that if I had used the words, right. I'm right. declaring an emergency. In that particular instance. But but are are there a bunch of, of options that open up to a controller when someone declares an emergency? Or, or is it just a flag to say, I'm really in trouble here? Well, once the airplane declares an emergency, the, the controller by, uh, I don't know, regulation maybe, but certainly by um, order uh, that the FAA has issued on this topic is to render all possible assistance to the emergency aircraft mm-hmm. uh, to the exclusion of, of, you know, get another controller in here to handle this frequency or get everybody else off this frequency. They, they um, should do that or they must that's, do that's, that? They should be. If that's what the situation requires, they should do it. Yeah. There's no – there's probably a, a checklist with respect to, okay, souls on board, fuel remaining. But there's not so much a checklist with respect to, um, you know, what else to do except, you know, not, you know keep any facilities that might be impacted notified. I, I, I don't know. I mean, look it up. You know, it's, it's amazing we don't have this little yeah, tool. We could, I we know. Could, okay. Yeah, you're right. We should look it know, up. Go and put around and see if we can find this information. Um, but um, declaring an emergency, if, if you've got a real problem, do it. Uh, that's what um, I was always trained, yeah, and that's what I've always yeah. believed I mean, is that – uh, But yeah. Dave's right. You know, the batteries in your portable GPS have died, and you don't have any more. That's not an emergency. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, hey, you know, I need a vector here, and I need to land and buy some batteries. Um, can you point me to a good airport nearby? Uh, <laughs> Could you put and, me at a 7-Eleven, please, where I can yeah, get some batteries? Yeah. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. I, I, I've, never, I've never come close to – Declaring an emergency, I've never thought. Well, maybe I better, you know, start, you know, getting some help here or something like that. I have, in fact, declared an emergency, but there was no question in my mind, and and I've I've never, you know, gone to the point of, uh, gee, I wish I'd declared an emergency, or right. maybe I should declare an emergency. Was that the engine failure or something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've we've talked about that. Right, we uh, have. Yeah, so yeah, that was a <laughs> yeah, no brainer, guys. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, that 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 would be for me as well. One of those. Oh yeah, that's no question. Yeah. That's an emergency. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, David. It would seem to me that there's two factors at play. In, and and in, if it's not an emergency, come up here and take me to jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, David. It would seem to me there's two factors at play as to why a pilot would not declare an emergency in a situation that that merits it. One is what we've been talking about, which is where's the line, all right? And it it may not be clear sometimes where the line is. Um, the other thing is is the right stuff, all right? Uh, is you know pilots. That's the, that's the part I think that gets guys in a bind more yeah, than they don't intellectual admit, exercise. They don't want to admit that they can't handle this situation. They don't want to ask. You know, they keep thinking the next thing they try is going to work it all out and it'll all be fine. Yeah, uh, was flying with a friend of mine several years ago in a rented 152 and uh i'm sorry 150 150 i picked the 150 that day because i'd flown it and the guy's 152 i'd not flown and anyway one of the cylinders started to get hot a valve stuck so we're not exactly making maximum power uh oil temperatures going up engine temperatures going up uh, I asked ATC for priority handling through a Class C back to where the airplane had started, 
without declaring an emergency. They gave me that. But they couldn't have done anything more for me had I declared the emergency. And along the way, I was asking for headings that would keep me close to suitable, optional landing areas. And as long as they were accommodating me, I didn't feel like using the E word was going to get me anything more. If, on the other hand, they would say, no, nah, I can't let you turn that way. Uh, you know, you got, you got a production flight test traffic coming on downwind. I'm going to say, oops, sorry, an emergency. It just lost more power. Yeah, and you know, that would change that circumstance. But I, I, t- I take my I, I take back my earlier statement about not ever having been prepared to to uh, to declare an emergency. I, I, I did have an episode like that once. I was letting down into uh, in the Tri Cities uh, Airport in uh, uh, southwestern tip of uh, Virginia and Tennessee and whatnot, and um, I was flying a one seventy two. Had been at 9,000 feet for a couple of hours, drone along, and reduced power to let down for the, for the airport, and the engine coughed. It only coughed once or twice, but it coughed. Uh, the guy with me is like, hmm, what was that? And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, we were very, we treated it very gingerly, told ATC that we might have an engine problem. We weren't sure. Uh, we, would, we did not want to, uh, we, we would not accept the delay to the airport. Mm-hmm. And he said, "No problem. You come. You come right on in." And um, we stayed high. He pointed out, you know, an interstate we were crossing. Uh, I think he might have pointed out another airport nearby. Um, and we just continued. We had, you know, gobs of altitude. Uh, continued letting down and, and landed on the runway and taxied in on our own power, no issues. Had a mechanic look at the airplane and could not find anything wrong with it. You we, know, suspect it, it was, we suspect it was just a little slug of water or maybe a little slug of carb ice, but uh, conditions weren't conducive to carb ice. Mm-hmm. We had the same bloody thing happen in our Cherokee 140, uh-huh. and I bet it was the same bloody engine model, an 0320 making 160. This was uh, possibly. This was the old uh, airplane I used to fly that used that had a 180 transplant at some point. I don't recall which engine it had in it at the time. It may well have been the 320. It, it, we were climbing out of Winter Haven, uh, having spent an extra day after sun and fun one year. And as we were climbing through 3,500 feet, and we're, we picked up flight following, and we're headed to Tallahassee. And the engine kind of halfway died for about uh-huh. a second and a half, and then it came right back again. Uh-huh. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at 300-some-odd miles in the dark, no, 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 no. We went right back to Winter Haven. And they looked at that puppy three ways from Sunday and couldn't find anything, and it never happened. Well, right. I take it back. They looked at it. I sumped fuel out the wazoo. Couldn't find anything in it. I took it up, climbed to about 6,000 straight over Winter Haven. I'm talking to Orlando. Nothing happens. I start letting myself down, and as I'm coming over the lake on final, it did it again. <laughs> At that point, we spent the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a no-brainer. I didn't declare an emergency because the airport was right there. Uh, right. But like you, well, that's one of those. I don't know if I, that's a freakazoid yeah. moment when you can't get yeah. an explanation for that. Well, yeah, we were talking. I don't know, two or three, four episodes ago about somebody who. 
um, he had made an off-field landing. He, maybe he was off-field landing a week, and he was quoted as saying, uh, I, was, I had an engine problem, and I was trying to fix it, and once the engine quit, uh, everything became so clear. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I knew then exactly what I needed to do, I, I, you know, as opposed to try this, try that, try the other thing with the engine. But, um, um, yeah, this was just one of those, you know, what, what was that? And let's get our you know, little heinies on the ground here. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, it all worked out. I would not have hesitated if I'd gotten any delay or static to declare an emergency uh, in that yeah, episode. No. But, I did, but I didn't need to. The, you know, you talk about little coughs and stuff over the airport or something. You know, it's funny because um, the same thing happened uh, after my um, uh, after my after losing that cylinder over uh, Jacksonville a few years back. Lee, my mechanic, the uh, uh, man in black, satanic mechanic, had had come down and hung a new jug on the thing, and I flew in uh, on airlines to uh, get it back home. And the next day, we go crank the airplane up. We check it out. It runs up fine. It, it, Lee had already run it up. Runs up fine. It's, it sings. You know, it's ready to go. And we take off. And, and Tower knew us because we landed there like, you know, a week earlier with an emergency with a bad you know, bad engine. So they were more than accommodated. There was no traffic anyway. And so we just climbed up to like 2,000 feet and just left the engine full bore. Cow flaps open and uh, leaned it a little bit. And uh, just started doing donuts over the airport. And after about second donut, uh, this little cough hit, and the whole plane, you know, kind of shook. Yeah. And you're like, what was that? Now what? And, now what? And, you know, and um, so we said, Tower, we'll go ahead and land now and circle around. <laughs> and, and landed and taxied in. And they're like, what was that? And took the jug off. Really? Uh, couldn't, took the jug off, couldn't find anything wrong with it. Put it back on, redid everything just just to make sure. Went up flying again. This took you know three hours or something. Um, went up flying again the same day. Did it again. Really? Did ah. it again? And we we're like, oh, Mandy. You know, I was already planning on the the um, um, the poor man's IFR route home, which was I follow roads. Yeah. But we weren't we weren't going to do this anymore. So we took the jug off again. <laughs> Uh, same day, we took the, took the jug off again. We're like, "What is going on here?" And we're framing around, and and Lee spotted there's a there's a crossover tube. <clears throat> there's an IO five twenty. There's a uh, crossover tube in front of the engine that that uh, helps balance the airflow from one side of the engine to the other side. And it's got a ba- big bell on both ends. It's sh- it's shaped like a flat U, and it's a fairly narrow internal diameter. Well, what had happened is as this uh, this was an intake valve that I'd lost on this cylinder. And the pieces, we thought the pieces just went right out. No, sir, Really? Yeah. Sir, They got stuck in that crossover tube and were acting uh. like a flap. One, of, one piece was acting like a flapper valve on occasion, shutting off the airflow, partial airflow, to, to one side of the engine. And we were getting all kinds of nasty stuff on the, on the, on the engine monitor and, and whatnot. And we, we finally figured out the problem and finally got the pieces of the valve out and put them all on a little piece of blue paper towel and took a picture to make sure that we had all, all the pieces, you know, that kind of, <laughs> and put it all back together one more time. And it, it didn't miss a beat, flew it home, flew it a few more hours before I uh, had the whole engine rebuilt. 
But doing this circling stuff right over the airport, yeah, I'll do that in a heartbeat. No need to declare an emergency. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gravity takes care of everything else. Yeah. I'm going to come down on the airport one way or the other. It's just a matter of where and how fast. Yep. <laughs> Starseeker.com website is reporting a rumor that, um, that uh, let's see now, loyal blog reader Jeff Dahmer says the role of the lead female in Top Gun 2 has been offered to Katie Holmes. Oh my God, that's Cruz's wife. Yeah, yeah. So uh, no, anyway. that was really rooting for it to be Willem Dafoe. Well, I don't know. That even this website uh, says probably not. You know, he says. But then Jeff Dahmer uh, is full of something. Ninety-two percent of the time, he says. So uh, um, there is a Jeff rumor Dahmer? that uh, there yeah, is there's an actor named Jeff Dahmer. No, there's a blog blog commenter named Jeff yeah. Dahmer, um, who may it may be a, a pseudonym of somebody else who's trying to get us. Anyways, he does the website does report that uh, uh, well, it, it reports it's true that Jester Michael Ironside will be making a cameo appearance. Oh no, is it true? It's a question. I'm sorry, he's asking the question. Um, and this website is reporting that the story will take place either in the Gulf or around Korea. Uh, so it may not be at Top Gun. It may be, you know, something else. Anyways, it was a, a mission, m- mission improbable gun topper. Yeah, right. Well, you know, and and uh, uh, you it's know, been thirty. It's been thirty years since Top Gun. Something like that. Twenty five yeah, or something like that. Going on thirty years. Yeah. So you know, on on the theory that that uh, that uh, Maverick may end up being the last fighter pilot who flies on board his airplane jeb you uh <laughs> yeah that's a good that's a good segue yeah you've got a story here about drones are coming to america and we've been talking about this for a while yeah, now this... but you came across something that indicates that it might be even sooner than we thought it is i mean it's it's not a matter of coming across it it's written written into the statute um the uh and i just i just did a, a real short uh piece on this for aviation safety but uh um Beginning 90 days after enactment, and the enactment date was Valentine's Day, February 14. Uh, so 90 days after that, you know, mid-May of this year, um, law enforcement agencies around the country will now be able to um, launch UAVs weighing no more than 4.4 pounds, 2 kilograms, um, as long as they remain below 400 feet outside of five mile radius of any airport, heliports, seaport, uh, seaplane landing area, uh, or other aviation activity, only in daylight and only in line of sight of the operator. That's starting May 15th or mid May. And then there's a whole bunch of other little. Uh, deadlines and milestones that the FAA has to meet between now and um, 2015, the next three years, three plus years, maybe might be like December, you know, 31st or something of 2015, um, in which the size and um, uh, presumably weight of these UAVs starts going up and operated by the public, operated by law enforcement, operated by whoever wants to operate one. And I think this is a really, really overlooked uh, um, thing. I think a lot of people are not really paying a whole lot of attention to this. Well, didn't they just have a web, uh, you know, some sort of uh, uh, online group chat thing recently to collect comments about the uh, 
well, we they were going to block out this, airspace, right? We we talked about this a few weeks ago. How that ninety yeah, day yeah. deadline was uh, looming, and what this all mandates by what did you what was it twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen? Yeah, yeah uh, that's all well and good. We just need to remember the catch all authority of telling Congress, well. Uh, we couldn't get the rules done in time because technology didn't work. And take their licking when that happens. Because when has the FAA recently met a deadline? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's certainly um, something to to be heartened by, as it were. Nothing against my good friends there, but yeah, ne- never, nevertheless, um, there's a lot of money behind this. This this industry oh. is 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 growing by leaps and bounds thanks to your tax dollar, and there's a uh, lot of money uh, behind this that's that's not going to sit still for delays. I find the whole concept that Congress would be influenced by money to overturn the expertise of its aviation safety organization to just be difficult to believe. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, on that note, we're definitely going <clears> to <throat> move right. on. Yeah, I know, right? Who, who are you and what have you done with that? <laughs> I know, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one last item before we reach the end of our allotted time here. Um, Jeb, the uh, I'm not clear on this. So if a small plane crash rate increases. It's the quote you The quote you pulled here says, even though small planes are getting safer – Crashes are increasing. NTSB right. officials reveal the rate of small plane crashes is up twenty percent in the last past decade. What, what what's the story here? That's not true. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that that was disturbing. That's, that's simply not true. NTSB officials revealed that the rate of small plane crashes is up twenty percent in the past decade. That's simply not true. Okay, so it, this is a at worst. It's, at worst, it's remained flat, but it certainly has. If 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 we had seen a uh, increase in the rate of small plane crashes up twenty percent in the last decade, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, that's true. So, oh, the story then, and the story's gone. So you were apparently yeah, quoting. Yeah, uh, you noticed that. It's yeah, kind of been pulled. You were quoting a story apparently from the uh, oh, WTKR.com, News Channel 3 website in Hampton uh, Roads, Virginia. Hampton Roads, Virginia. And, uh, and the link to that story uh, takes us nowhere now. So uh, maybe they. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Uh... Twenty uh, percent in the past decade. Oh, rate of small plane. Let me just go- let me yeah, Google that phrase. You're right. Search, uh, search engine here real quick. See what comes up. While you're doing that, I, 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 I highlight it's not on the list, uh, but I highlighted a story recently that I was curious to do some research on. I haven't. No, but, um, that uh, there was a. Um, what was the story about? I forget exactly, but um, it it made reference. Oh, you know what it was? It was a story about that thing we were talking about earlier, where the uh, the so the, the the they were concerned that there was a false um, uh, emergency report, and and at the very end of the story, there was a graph that said that, that observed you know in a kind of alarmist way that the mainstream media will do. It observed that uh, that people can buy radios. Anybody can. It's easy to buy a radio that you can use 
was to transmit on these frequencies. And they referred to them as airline frequencies. They said it's easy to buy a radio where you can use to communicate on the airline frequencies. And it just really bugged me that, that the mainstream, you know, we see this all the time, but that they referred to them as airline frequencies. And, right. uh, and I, I was, if there had been an easy email address on that story and I looked, there wasn't, um, I was going to send an email to them saying, wait a minute, who said airline frequencies? Because that's not accurate. You know, there's no such thing as air, or at least in the context of what you're talking about, there's no such thing as airline frequencies. What'd you oh, find, that Jim? Story's, that story's been wiped from that uh, that website. There was a TV station out of the Tidewater area of Virginia. Uh, there's no reference to any crash in that area other than the recent uh, F-18 um, you know, uh, coming off of Oceana the yeah. last few days. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, you know, I don't know. I mean, I didn't invent that. Um, no, I believe you, and uh, you just you know. But we see this all the time. Sadly, it's, yeah, uh, it's you know they're trying to sell newspapers, or you know, and and it's a television station which doesn't you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you know? somebody could have just somebody could have just foobarred a press release because they didn't understand the context. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to say. Sometimes it's it's done in good faith, but just really misguided. Yeah, um, right. If if you Google that that phrase, rate of small plane crashes is up twenty percent. First link is to this this the story that uh, is no longer there. Um, let's see. And does do they have an archive copy of it? Snapshot of the page as it appeared on April nine. This is taking forever to load. You know, it's not there. It's gone. And I can't find anything else even remotely close to that conclusion. I can't. Yeah, I can't either. I mean, it's like well, there was a, a, <clears throat> now. Here's a Fox Five San Diego website saying the same thing. L.A. Times is saying the same thing. Chicago Tribune saying the same thing. What's, yeah. what's going on? Somebody pub- somebody put out a press release. What's her name? The lady who doesn't like airplanes? Oh, that was an airline. Uh, no, it sounds like this got picked up by the. Yeah, it's this. It's the same story being picked up by these other organs, and there's nothing there. Well, maybe there is video here. I can't tell right now. You just got to be careful when you're reading this stuff, yeah, and uh, be careful. You know, the other part of that story is is airline safety uh, crash rate for commercial planes is down eighty percent. I don't know if that's true or not. There hasn't been a crash of a large commercial airliner in the U.S. Uh, since late oh one when that when that Airbus three hundred lost its tail over New York. Right. Um, there have been regional uh, aircraft crashes. The the turboprop. Dash eight at uh, at Buffalo. Um, what, wait, since in, since what date? Since what year? Since oh since oh one. Oh one. Well, that would well Late that 01. that dash eight was what oh nine. Oh eight oh nine. Oh eight oh nine. There was you know even even you know the the miracle in the Hudson, uh, which has happened since then. No one got killed in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's been it's a good so this, streak. These have been some these have been some very safe years for commercial aviation in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and and worldwide, for that matter, with the exception of a few, you know, uh, chronically uh, uh, bad areas. Yeah. Well, I've noticed uh, an increased level of attention recently to the survivability of a, of small airplane crashes, in particular. Like somebody was surprised to find that most of the people in most of the airplanes that crash uh, live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, we, have to, we have How to define crash too. There's a lot of um, 
events that occur, sometimes they're classified as accidents, sometimes they're classified as, as incidents. Right. Uh, majority of them involve people, you know, walking away. Right. I, I count the, only the ones that category the numbers I was seeing only counted the ones categorized as an accident uh-huh. and treated as such, uh, not incidents. And I think that's not a new thing. I think that's longer running than most people b- believe. But we're seeing some areas you, I think, had something in aviation safety about it not too long ago. Uh, airbags for right. airplanes right. that has a remarkably positive effect for a relatively small amount of money. And this has been a, a goal. Airbags have been a goal, wow, going back 16, 17 years. And the initial attempts involved something in the yoke of the airplane. Uh, actually got patented. It was thrust neutral when mm-hmm. it deployed the bag. Hmm. Uh, uh, otherwise, it would disrupt the, the position of the yoke and maybe do worse things to the airplane attitude. But what's caught on are built into seat belts. Right. Built shoulder harness. And, and really clever. Yeah. Very, some very clever designs out there. Um, it's uh, AmSafe, I believe, is the company that's... Uh, uh, I, I don't know if they're the only company manufacturing these products, but clearly they're, the. I would think, the market leader and 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 they've probably thought out this product line uh, better than anybody else. Uh, they've got some very innovative products out there. Some of them come, I believe, as standard equipment uh, on on new Cirruses. Uh, yeah. Certainly, they are optional equipment on other aircraft, uh, new aircraft. And retrofitable. And re- that's the great and thing. It's, it's it's retrofitable. There's there are STCs available. Um, it, the uh, the mechanism is is. Uh, you know, you bolt you bolt a, uh, a sensor device to the floor. You run a hose up the back of the seat, um, connect it to the uh, to the two bag to the two shoulder belts, and you're in business. And you also have you can have these devices in the sidewalls um, and in the the backs of the front seats, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and you know all the um, all the other positions, all the other sh- uh, seat 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 belts and shoulder harnesses in the airplane too. Well, we so know it's a pretty, from it's a pretty cool ex- product. We know from experience firsthand. Hope to never repeat that the only thing that hurts you in flying is a sudden stop. Hmm. Yeah, an airbag helps mitigate the sudden stop part of things going wrong. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're reaching the end of our allotted time here. Um, here's the way. Here's the way I think it works. Tom Cruise actually is no longer in regular Navy. He's now in the reserve, all right? Um, he's actually, and, and the big crisis in his life is he flies now for one of the airlines, all right? And he gets passed over. He's, he's flying for, rubber dog shit out of Hong no, Kong. No, 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 no. He gets, he gets passed <laughs> over for a promotion to, to, to get upgraded to fly 787s because he kept buzzing the tower in 737s, all right? And so so he gets frustrated by this and and. And then he gets called to duty to go to the Gulf because of his reserve unit or something like that. And and that's when, you know, all of the heroic stuff happens. All right. What did Goose say? He says, where's that? Do, do all that pilot stuff, Mav. Do all, do, uh, yeah. When are you going to do that pilot stuff, Mav? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, anyways, something like, that, yeah. something like that. Somewhere in there is the story. We'll just have to some some listener will collect up all these brainstorming things that we've done and we'll uh, we'll write the uh, the uh, 
the uh, synopsis for uh, Top Gun 2. And uh, and then that's how we're going to buy our Boeing business jet, with the uh, royalties. I'll, I'll, there's only one thing I ask for in this script. What's that? Please don't let him sing You've Lost That Lovin' Feeling Again. Please. <laughs> that was no. one of the magical moments. No, no, actually, the uh, the magical moment was when uh, was when Goose and his and his and uh, Meg Ryan uh, did the piano thing in the bar. But uh, anyways, shout outs. What do we got here? You got any shout outs? Yeah, I got one somewhere. Uh, David, this last item on the list might be a shout out. You might be a shout out if. Oh. Uh, Oh, yeah, that would be a shout-out, uh, if you think it'll be up on time. All right, smartass, just tell the shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was Higdon, Higdon, H-I-G-D-O-N. Yeah, yeah, who just, who just continuously can, keeps forgetting who edits this podcast, all right? But do uh, the NASA's, what NASA's is it? shuttle carrier aircraft. You know, bring a donut, a cup of coffee, and stand outside about yeah. 10 o'clock. Do you think that the, uh, the are, will the shuttle carrier crew have to take the CIFRA quiz? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you know, those armed space vehicles, uh, you've seen what happened in Independence Day. Yeah, I know. Jeb, you had a, uh, you had a shout out? <laughs> I don't think I can top that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, after that, I'm just going <laughs> to uh, right. get out the floor, guys. <laughs> That's Jeb Burnside. He's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. What have you been working on, Jeb? Anything you can tell us about that we can uh, go read? Right. Once again, I'm basking in the glow of having stuck another issue of uh, aviation safety in the can. Um, let's see. Mr. Higdon, our own Mr. Higdon, contributed a... A uh, good article on um, how the uh, human eye is probably about the worst uh, um, motion and traffic detecting device known to man, uh, and how we can compensate. How we can compensate for that? Um, let's see. There's a bunch of other good stuff in there. There's I, I did an article on uh, zero zero takeoffs, um, and um, you know coming soon to a mail- mailbox near you. Yeah. Cool. And uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Oh, well, that magazine would be at aviationsafetymagazine.com. Uh, if you want to look me up, it's jeburnside.com. Sometimes I'll pop up on AvWeb. Sometimes I'll pop up on uh, net. Just listen for the pop. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Dave Higdon is an aviation photographer and aviation journalist and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. David, what have you been working on? Anything we can take a look at? Uh, you come on, man! You you only wrote like twelve stories while we were at Sun and Fun. You well, know? I'm trying to I'm I'm, I'm sorting through which ones it's not premature to talk about because they won't be in print for two weeks to a month. Yeah, see, that's the problem. When I ask you guys this question, I realize it is a problem, and that is that the things that have come out this week you finished up and kind of stopped thinking about two months ago or more. But uh, anything people can look for. Well, I got a piece coming out in a couple of weeks in World Aircraft Sales that takes a look at changes in the uh, business aviation marketplace, specifically where used aircraft sales are concerned, number of airplanes available for sale is concerned, 
which is going down, which is a good thing, they'll tell you. And difficulties in getting financing for some of those used airplanes. Hmm. Uh, so uh, that that's all will be new and exciting in the May World Aircraft Sales, which will be in the mailbox just in about 10 days. Cool. So, and, so you know, we might be able to get a smoker. Is UCAP one after all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But financing it could be a problem. Uh, yeah, well, that was, yeah, because, you know, a couple months ago it would have been easy, right? Yeah. Pimp, pimp that tip jar, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, David, where in general can people find you on the Internet? Oh, uh, com, com. You'd never find my name attached to it, but there's a couple other outfits that buy my stuff and uh, and put it in their association publications. And since they don't put anybody's name on it, it wouldn't be fair to stake out anything. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm I, a- I, no, no one wants you to stick out anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Uh, Sing! And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Please check out my uh, Kindle eBooks uh, uh, on aviation, uh, including the Around the Field series, uh, which are stories about the people, places, and planes of the Oshkosh Fly-In. Uh, you can learn more about uh, all of my Kindle publications at amazon.com slash author slash Jack Hodgson. And in general, you can learn more about me at jackhodgson.com and aroundthefield.net. Big thanks to Jeff Ward for creating our show notes and all the other help that he gives us on the podcast. Thanks to Mike Morgan, Roy Searle, and to the many other listeners who have created the UCAP disclaimer clips and other audio bits that we use in the podcast. We are also very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big, big help. And don't forget, forget, you can visit with all of us at the Uncontrolled Airspace website. You can read the blog, view the forums, check out the wiki, the aviation movies list, the new ratings webpage of fame, and more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, you were going to say something? Reach old age slowly by going flying, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Just look at Jeb. And that's enough talking. Let's go flying. AMFFM. The voices of the Uncontrolled Airspace podcast are participating as a cross between parody and satire. Their utterances do not necessarily reflect either reality or sanity. Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like information or truth is obviously very wrong. You should always consult your own intelligence, remember your experience, and ignore the ever-humorous pile of blowing snow that you find here. But everyone knows that.